Check, check, check. Check. We up in here. We out here. It's been uh, two weeks. Yeah. Since the last ep. Well, you've been doing... I, I was, I've been thinking about this. You've been doing music stuff and really doing a lot, so I consider that good because you're, yeah. you're really committed to it. So. I'm really trying to... Uh, not only just me and J-Mo working together, but I'm trying to do things here on my computer mm-hmm. that I can then take to him. Just like making scratch tracks of things that we can record on. I don't like doing it alone. Like the main thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing it alone because I like the notes that J-Mo might give. Sure. He's basically like my, uh, who's a music producer? Jermaine Dupree. He's my JD. He's my <laughs> Jermaine Dupree. <laughs> You knew I was going to come up with one that is completely unlike Jay. I didn't want to say George he's your Martin. Rick Rubin. Uh, that may be. That might. That's Rick a Rubin's, good one because he's spanned everything. Yeah, I didn't want to say George Martin because that's the obvious one. He did the Beatles. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, Rick Rubin. That's that's yeah. Um. I've been learning how to use the uh, software, and it is absolutely shameful how easy making music is right now sure the things the beetle the the, the beetles the beetles had to go (laughs) the beetles to do the things we can do with just a couple clicks now is insane Mm -hmm. the the, those poor bastards they had to leave mistakes in sometimes just because they didn't tables ruined if they if they kept recording over and over and over on it they sometimes you'll hear there's little mistakes in there that they pr- might not have rather had in there. Um, but I think that falls under the category of Wabi Sabi. Wabi Sabi. Wabi Sabi is something that is something is perfect in its imperfection. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it doesn't bother uh, me. Like at all. Cindy Crawford's mole or yeah. uh, a flower with a up with a side turned leaf or something like that. That's that's Wabi Sabi. There's like a, there's a, a Beatles song. Um, you don't see me. You won't see me. I think you won't see. Me. There's some. Um, <laughs> you can't see me. Uh, my, hold on for a second. One of my favorite things where you go into that is people saying taking the pictures with John Cena in there, and then they're saying he's yeah. not in the picture. Yeah. Who's that? Like who's that? Anybody. Why is that woman in a smile in a picture by herself? But anyway, <laughs> but like you can, if you listen to the song, you can hear John Lennon struggling to sing the high harmony part. Mm-hmm. And I, I like pointing that out, that type of thing out. Um, I'm actually going to look it up now and just fast forward it to the end so you can actually hear it. All right. I'll fast forward to the end so we don't actually when have I to call, listen to this all the way through. Oops. There we go. You can hear him. The super hot part. Lost you. It feels He's struggling a little bit. Yes, it's you know that's it's just it got so, buried in the mix a little bit, mm. but when you in phones you can hear it in headphones, and for some reason the uh, just playing from my phone sometimes I listen to the music when I'm as I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. The frequencies are just right to where you can mostly just hear the high the the high frequencies. There's no bass; you can hear the bass, but it's not bassy. If you know what I mean, yeah. So. It really sticks out whenever I'm laying in bed and that song just pops on and you can hear his, his voice scratching. Well, it's like, uh, wish you were here. Yeah. In the beginning, you can hear him, you know, he's clearing his yeah. nose <coughs> and, and all that stuff. And, and, and then, then you can, and then 
it comes in and it sounds like it's coming through like a transistor radio and yes. you're playing along with it yep. on the acoustic. God, what a fucking good song. I need to listen I think to we, more. We haven't discussed that enough. I need to listen how to how Pink, Pink Floyd, Floyd stacks up to the Beatles and things like that. I like Pink Floyd better than the Beatles. That's just my personal opinion. Here's what I'll say. Without the Beatles, there is no Pink Floyd. Not in that. There will be a Pink Floyd, maybe different name. Sure. Different uh, sound, perhaps. But without the Beatles, the Beatles don't push the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys don't push back on the Beatles to keep expanding and making things go crazier. And mm. that doesn't push everybody else. At least that's my opinion. I think the um, Pink Floyd's awesome. Mm. I just never listen to them. I've liked every song I've ever heard. I just never listened to them on purpose. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Some of their fans are really obnoxious. That's one of the things that really pushes them because it pushes people away from them, I should say. You've got fans like my brother, Ben, who's a massive Pink Floyd fan. He is not an obnoxious fan because he's... I find that hard to believe because he's such an obnoxious guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's crazy. <laughs> he's the opposite of that. He's a real backslapper. You ever <laughs> hang out with a backslapper? What's up, pal? They slap you in the back. Real chain shaker. <laughs> um, <laughs> change shaker? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Change jingler. Um, no, but he's 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 a massive Pink Floyd fan. Like, like you're a Beatles fan. He's a Pink Floyd fan. He's liked them, and he likes both. Um, well, you have the Pink Floyd fans who are dicks. Well, there is no Pink Floyd without Roger Waters. Uh, fuck you. Yeah, there is. I don't even know. They put the out different... lots of shit without Roger Waters. I don't even know all the different. Inc- Roger Waters is like the. He kind of has a mullet. Kind of. He's... he's a very Neanderthal looking fucker. Yes, like, kind of a big forehead. Yeah, I mean he's okay. Um, he's the one that he, he's, he's bricking the wall. He's behind and... the wall. Yeah, I mean that the the wall is his baby. So, um. Now, is this a situation like the remaining members of Pink Floyd are going out and touring without Roger Waters and he's kind of pissed off But there off was a Pink it. Floyd before Roger Waters and there was a Pink Floyd after Roger Waters. Yeah. So that doesn't, that's Sid not Barrett the same. was the original. That's true. But then Roger Waters that came along. That weird. You ever listen to Pipers at the Gates of Dawn? Well, I've listened to fucking uh, Vegetable Man, Where Are You? Have you ever heard that song? I'm sure. It's fucking weird. I mean, it's just weird shit. And he completely lost his fucking mind. Um but David Gilmore and the others were in the band before Roger Waters. One of the greatest guitar players of all time, by the way, David Gilmore. David Gilmore kind of is insane. fucking awesome, dude. One of my favorite songs by them is Learn to Fly. Uh, or... Look into the sky. Yeah, no. I thought that's a cover by the Foo Fighters. No, 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 no. I know. Hold on. I know. <laughs> Here's Vegetable Man. It's just weird, dude. In yellow shoes, I get the blues. Though I walk the streets with my... It's not a bad tune. No. It's not like... It's kind of like a pre-punk thing. Yeah. I think Pink Floyd had a massive... Even though people want to admit they had a massive hand in creating punk. Okay, so they started out in 65. Yeah. They used to... They were in suits and shit originally. Here we go. Here's the fucking. I mean, it's a good tune. 
Then you had the Roger Waters-esque tunes, or Roger Waters tunes. You had uh, with the big guitar solo. Yes, and the fucking yeah, wall of fucking sound. Yeah. Then you had David Gilmore, which is also a wall of sound, but it's a more. If if I'm reading this correct, Roger Waters is like real aggressive and fucking you know. Yes. I mean, grab your fucking lapels and. Yes. uh, Very political. David Gilmore is very. It's still big. But Gilmore's a businessman. Yeah, but he's also a tremendous musician. Oh, yeah. You can be both. I mean, I'm just saying he's... The sound of Pink Floyd with him is more almost zen-like. Has there been a Pink Floyd without David Gilmore? No, there has not. Okay. And what, but Roger Waters... Here, here's the thing. Roger Waters will tour doing The Wall. Yeah, Roger Waters. Without wall. Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. which I think is... Kind of a dick move. It's it's <clears throat> a few years ago. The quote unquote Beach Boys came and played like right. I was like, don't right. go to that. Yeah. <laughs> don't. The guy that did it all isn't there. That's the Full House Beach Boys. Yeah, that's not the real Beach Boys. <laughs> no, it isn't. And the thing about it is, I, me and you and my brothers and people like that. Sometimes it is hard to enjoy life because we are purists and we have. Integrity, and we have, you know, standards about things, and we think that that's bullshit. When everybody else is like, "Hey, man, they're just playing good music. Go fuck yourself." I mean, you know, it's just you can't do that. It's a very Patton Oswalt thing. You know what I mean? Like, have some standards and some, you know, integrity and some uh, integrity in the the exact word I'm looking for. But it's more like you don't want you want things to be good. You want Mm -hmm. things to be. You know, almost transcendent in a way. I'm you sure are. Roger Waters has good folks play. Dude, with he's him. awesome. Don't get me wrong. The Roger Waters, uh, the wall thing is great. He does the whole show. It's fucking awesome. But it's not Pink Floyd. He he was a massive part of it, and he just kind of on the way out just kind of threw a match over his shoulder and says, "There is no more Pink Floyd." And David Gilmore was like, uh, "I think I have something more to say about that." And they kept putting out good fucking music. Mm-hmm. "Learning to Fly" is the name of the song. Look up that song. It has one of the most awesome openings, and it is a really prototypical or typical uh, David Gilmore song. Almost played the Tom Petty version. Yeah. I know this song. This is from a later album, probably from the I think 80s. Right? Pulse, that's in Pulse, I think, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Ben loves that song. He's played all the time. 1987. Then it was earlier than Pulse. I think it might have been on uh, Momentary Lapse of Reason. That's what it was. Momentary Lapse of Reason. Ben loves that album. See, they, they managed to do something that very few people can do, and that is change with the times and still sound like you're yeah you're you you right and and, like kenny Loggins just abandoned the singer songwriter (laughs) shit he's like fuck this we're doing coke we're pulling up our sleeves and we're fucking going to the danger zone you're 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 totally trotting out the wrong example you're fine you need to trot out starship and jefferson airplane (laughs) yeah jefferson starship yeah. Grace Slick just said, give me all the Coke and I'll <laughs> sing whatever the fuck you want me to sing. <laughs> and, the, and indeed, they came out with, you would build this city. Yeah. And she said, fuck it. <laughs> all right, let's do it. <laughs> you want to hear a song about a bitch named Sarah? Let's go. 
Is that the, that is them? That's Starship, and it's all fucking synthesizers. Never. There's not a real instrument in the fucking thing. I love still synthesizers. A still a good song. Oh, great song. We built the city. It's a great song. Pretty good fucking song. It's needed. You're needed. We hoopla. indeed did build this city on rock and roll. <laughs> you're needed in the hoopla. That was the name of the fucking album, <laughs> and they say it in the song. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Knee deep in the hoopla. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Pink Floyd, um, I just remember hearing them when I was stoned a lot. Well, see, that's the thing, and I don't, I, I don't buy that. I don't think that people are, you know, they're, they're always, even people from that era, like Tracy's dad, Carl, who I would think is a dead-on fucking Pink Floyd fan, should be, loves CCR, loves rock, you know what I mean? CCR and Pink Floyd, I must say, are vastly different. I understand, but I'm talking about just the whole sp- Spirit of rock and roll, you yeah. know what I mean? I know there are different eras and different. Well, I mean, there there are vastly different, but I can see somebody being a Creedence Clearwater Revival fan mm-hmm. and a Pink I Floyd love, fan. I love CCR. I mean, they're good music. Yeah. So I don't love that they they're not really from swamps. They're from like San Diego or something. Ah, fuck it. You know, it's it, whatever. It, if the music sounds like they're from swamps, yeah. Sure. So. <laughs> I mean, it's just, um, but. And he did. He said, "I stoner music." I'm like, "You're missing out on so much of this." Yeah. And the only songs people know of are songs from the Wall, uh, "Another Brick in the Wall," um, "Time," uh, which is a great fucking tune, man. Mm-hmm. Um, which no, that one's not on. That one's on uh, "Dark Side of the Moon." I'm thinking ones from the Wall. Um, "Mother," "Mother," do you think they'll drop the ball? Uh, there's fucking uh, comfortably numb is a comfortably numb song. is a fucking monster of a rock. Tune. That thing is a it's masterpiece. Just, the guitar. Solo have you ever watched people? A, have you ever watched people listen to that song? When it changes from from the verse to when it goes into the, there is no pain you are receiving yeah. that little synth line there. Yes. Dun, 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 it's fucking amazing. Well, and then the fucking lyrics. Yeah. No distant ship smoke on the horizon. You're only coming, coming through, through in waves. waves. Your lips you, move, but, but I can't, can't hear what, what you're saying. saying. That's <laughs> fucking genius. I mean, it's just, yeah. and, and dude, people can say what they want about Bob Geldof, but that performance in, in fucking Pink Floyd, The Wall, the movie yeah. is fucking amazing. And that movie is amazing. It's and insane. I can't find a copy. They do not make a digital copy. Word? So I'm going to have to find a Blu-ray or a DVD copy that I'll probably have to pay through the I would almost it. imagine you could find it on YouTube. I tried. They you they do not have it on YouTube. I really tried because I wanted to watch it. You know really what I bet is on YouTube? There. What? Like a Roger Waters full concert doing the entire thing. Absolutely. You know he's that's And fucking, indeed, no, they're just the albums on Exactly. Never mind. But it's weird that they can have the album, not the movie. So um there's so many different rights you have to do to to This to is one of my favorite things. Is people reacting to things. I know it's dumb. Really? Oh yeah. Is it like is it one of those those uh, videos where black dudes yes, do yes, white people yes, stuff. Yes, yeah, yes, I love absolutely. those. There's this couple, Brandon Lex. So I really love. I really love them. They were listening to um, Metallica the other day and listened to Orion. There's you know the, how many fucking that's the instrument. Uh, I mean, it's just like that. It goes to that rock part, and then it goes to man. I wish I could hook up, but um, the well, it, it doesn't have long. the thing. It doesn't oh, have okay. the thing. Um, I, I didn't bring the. Uh, you could send it to me. Just uh, the uh, just punching up Orion. Brandon and Lex. Aren't no actually the best one to, to what to uh, to watch if you're going to do that. 
Let's see, Orion. Well, I remember, I forget who the guy is, but it went viral, the black guy listening to Freebird for the first time. Yeah, that was a good one. That was just the amount of joy he heard whenever, um, and it's also weird that somehow he'd never heard that song. Or maybe he's a good actor. I don't know. But it seemed to me like he, he'd never heard it before. There's this girl named Pink Metalhead, and she actually cries. Here it is. Pink Metalhead, and I'm looking for it's a Pink Metalhead Orion reaction, and she loves it. I mean, she's a metalhead, you know, but she has such a fucking powerful reaction to that song. She likes the beginning. Everybody likes the beginning, but that's just setting you up. That's basically like the heavyweight hitting you with the jab and getting ready to fucking just come with the. Dark, black, fast. Okay. That's a good one, though. Okay. Well, she's cute, too. Here she is. She's into it. About where does she. I saw that she was crying. Uh, yeah, she does cry. She cries when it gets into the, the. And this is instrumental. Yes, the melody part. Like the. When it, it can do When that. it goes quiet and then they come back up. And it's like. Cliff Burton wrote that song. You know, I, I like Jason Newstead, man. I like Jason Newstead a lot. And I never shit on him. But when they lost Cliff Burton, they lost something tremendous. Mm-hmm. They lost something that was like this driving creative force behind the band that I don't think they recovered from. I say the same thing about uh, Weezer, their original bass player. When they lost him, yeah. they lost something. They Yeah. Because they stopped doing some of the things that they did. Like They would always do like a high harmony. Yes. And... Um, like not even really harmony singing the same note just an octave higher yeah and they would always have like little synth lines mm-hmm. in there and they, that kind of stuff just disappeared then there was a core Weezer sound that they retained but they really yeah. lost something how far should I fast forward uh, let's see you can go ahead to about right there sounds like the guitar is like she's already started to cry so you're gonna have to pull it back I wonder if she plays cause a lot of times people that play um I think you have to pull it back. The I think. second thing is, I'm just looking at this album. A little bit farther. Okay, all right. I'm a- right there. That's where it really gets into it. This reminds me of... Uh, uh, God damn it. Paradise Lost. Yes. This song plays yes, all it, throughout. Yes, it does. She's already losing it because it's a beautiful piece of music. I mean, it's it's classical. Yeah, it's neoclassical, or maybe and baroque. <laughs> Here, it just meanders like this. It's it's in a waltz right now. It is. Okay. Cliff right. Burton's doing his own <laughs> thing. Cliff Burton is like <laughs> dancing around the yeah. tune. I mean. It's crazy to think that he was he was older than the rest of the band. I think he might have been 26 when he died. The rest of them were early 20s. And how much he had grown at that point. Mm-hmm. Think about a 50-year-old Cliff Burton, about how good he would have fucking been. He would have he would have quit Metallica. He probably would have started his own Yes, he would have started deal. He loved REM. He loved all kinds of different stuff. He loved punk. He was a big punk head, you know. He was but he was also one of these guys that just loved music. And I think that he had even at that point progressed beyond them. Like 
they were, in my opinion, even though James and, and Lars were always a driving force, to, in my opinion, they were in Cliff Burton's band. You know, hmm. that's my opinion. Honestly, the most important members of any band probably are the bass player and the drummer. It's Lars, important. Lars is a great drummer, too. Great drummer. He's a dick, but he's a great fucking drummer. Yeah. Um, I always say with Pearl Jam, uh, Jeff Amant really held it down. He's a good bassist, Having, too, isn't he? Oh, great bassist. Mm-hmm. But he had to go... The bass player and the drummer have a special relationship. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, Dave Cruson for one album. Dave Eberzis for two albums. Jack Irons for two albums. That's a great name too, Jack Irons. <laughs> yeah. He was Jack Irons was the original drummer for the Chili Peppers. Really? Then, yeah. <clears throat> then Matt Cameron from nineteen ninety eight till <clears throat> they die probably. Mm-hmm. And he's had to learn to the different shit with each bass or drummer mm-hmm. because it's completely different. Right. Uh there and all you can tell like if if you stopped listening to Pearl Jam in 1991 as most people did mm, i mean not, not in 90, i'm talking about 94 after 10 after 10 a lot of people dropped well, off versus versus was people, huge yeah, it was the yeah, large yeah. it was the at the time the biggest selling album right of all time for but the a week. lot of people didn't like had that the biggest direction. opening right it had the biggest opening but um if you if you stopped okay let's say you stopped at versus <laughs> and then you pick back up in 98 with yield you think it's a different band right it was different. People didn't like you. Different. They didn't like you. I loved it. it that I one like and it. No Code are my two favorites. I like. I, I like all their stuff. You know, I'm not as big a fan as as you guys or anything, but I do like Pearl Jam. I mean, it was um, trying to get my daughter into it. She's she's a tough sell when it comes to some music. So uh, does she like the Beatles? Has she tried them yet? You just got to get somebody. To try it's them. a little early. She's she's a well. I mean. It's like having the talk a, with your kids. Well, sit down. Right. I'm going to need you to listen to the B side of Abbey Road. There's a medley in there. It's going to knock your socks off. It's going to knock your dick in the dirt. I just well, want you to be ready for it. She's a drummer. Okay. So anything that's drum heavy, like she likes a lot of the punk I listen to because it'll set you up with a big. She's a drummer. You know, she will love Ringo. Yeah. He's a percussionist. He's a percussionist. Right. She'll love Ringo. Um, Kid at work, he uh, eighteen. He just graduated high school, and um, he's a uh, assistant band director at his old high school because he just can't let go of that. Yeah, and um, we were talking about music, and I talked about like I was talking about the Beatles and all the weird things they used to do in production, and how much easier it is for us now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I don't, I don't like the Beatles. And I was, and I was, I was like, you call yourself a musician. And you're going to sit here in front of me and God. You are revealing something. And about tell yourself. me you don't like the Beatles. Yeah. I was like, have you ever really listened to them? Uh, the, the drums just sound out of time. The guitars are all out of time. I was like, okay, never mind. I have to walk away from you, you fucking no, piece of I gave shit. him homework. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you I don't give up on people. You were going to so let easily. that one go. No, I'm not going to let that go. You're an idiot. You're just not, you haven't given them a chance. Right. And of course, he, he he goes to the list of the things I told him to listen to. I was like, you want to hear the first heavy metal song? Well, it's right here. You want to hear the first rap song? Kind of. John Lennon, mm-hmm. all we were saying is give peace a chance. It's right. Kind of the first rap song. Um, I made him, I gave him a list and he listened to it and he was like, I was wrong. I was like, of course you were. I've never been wrong about this stuff. Right. About music. Movies mostly I'm pretty good with. 
Yeah. Um, I, I just, it offends me whenever, especially a musician, other people, I don't care. If you're, if you're calling yourself a musician, you're talking about how you want to record and do all this mm-hmm. stuff. You need to, you need to, you need to listen to the Beatles. You need to listen to the beach boys. You need to listen to pink Floyd. That's a you primer. need to listen to fucking ABBA. You need to, you need to have a wide breath. ABBA did some things with the, their vocals that are insane. Yeah, dude, they were a great band. Especially if you want to do harmony and stuff, mm-hmm. you want to do it. You, you need to listen to all the different things. You need to listen to hip hop. I don't very often, but you need to listen well, so to So much some of, it of it is bad. That's true. I mean, the there's good. some really good stuff. You need to listen to fucking Garth Brooks. You need to listen to fucking Bob Dylan. If you're going to be a songwriter, you need to listen to Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Garth Brooks had some tunes, man. He had some slick stuff. You want to learn how to fucking perform? <laughs> yes. Watch it's Garth Weigh 300 pounds and still be able to run around on stage? Yeah. Hey, he wasn't ever that big. Now he, he got a little hefty there. I mean, all I'd that say, money I'd say he's in. about 220 max. I'd say, I don't know how tall he was. I'd say probably for a while they were probably 260s. You think? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I didn't think it was a tall guy. I thought it was a short guy. I might be wrong. I want to say he was around five eleven. So shit, he's built almost exactly like me. So I was, I'd say two sixty at his heaviest. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, Pink Floyd. Uh, I think that is kind of the thing that turns a lot of people off from him. Is there? Is the uh, the stoner reputation? Yes. Um, all the black white shit that they leaned into and created all that. Oh, they totally. I mean, that, you know that they in the eighties and nineties they uh, had meetings with fucking Gene Simmons from Kiss about merchandising. God, that makes me so upset. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I figure. I mean, he's a fucking brilliant one of those. I'm talking about Jew. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. That, no. that. <laughs> Brilliant, like business guy type yeah. thing. You know, it's, he, he's really good at that. I just don't like his. Well, person. it's in their blood. <laughs> you said it. Canceled. <laughs> I should be so fucking lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that uh, I, I, I think I need to listen to them more, probably, especially if I'm going to be. Well then, recording stuff. Well then, you know? do what I assume you do that I do with writers and stuff like that. Get their first thing, go through it. Remember, I listened to Pipers at the Gates of Dawn. Probably not the best thing to start with. Uh, I mean, I've heard all the mm-hmm. all the hits, right? You know, mm-hmm. but is it just like with the Beatles, if you've heard the hits, you haven't listened to them really, right? Because the meat. The meat and potatoes is on the albums, the stuff that didn't get played on the radio way back then. Like, if you got the ones co- compilation of the Beatles, it's just all their number one hits, like 40 songs or whatever. Right. It's great. Yep. Every every song on there is a banger. But, um, like, then if you only got that, you're not going to hear Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Right. You're not, you're not going to hear fucking Helter Skelter. You're not going to hear Revolution. Right. Revolution, Shit like that. That's my favorite Beatles song. You know, it's a great song. Dude, if you go chair, carrying nuts. pictures of Chairman Mao, you're not going to make it with anyone anyhow. Shit. <laughs> Even back then, anti-communism. John Lennon was an anarchist. Shit. That's, that's, that's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being him. And the deal with Yoko. Oh, God. And Paul. I know, dude. 
the, just those two with each other, the, the the tension would be just all up their own asses. I couldn't like I really like his songs, but I, don't, I, I think I probably would have liked him on a person to person level. But him being but one on one, not yeah, not with not with each other. Like yeah, you think you could sit in and watch their music sessions. You know, for the cameras, I have sat there and watched their music. Sessions. I know, but they were, but you know, with those cameras on, they might not be doing it much, but they were on their better than usual behavior. It seemed, um, especially the Get Back documentary, it seemed like they were pretty um, honest about what they were doing. Yeah, they were. They knew. Well, they were the Beatles at that point. Like, fuck, what are you going to do to us? Yeah, what was J-Mo uh, mentioned this? In that documentary, they all play the same instrument the entire time. And he was like, they're the Beatles. They should have like a wall of guitars and basses mm-hmm. and all these things that they should be able to just grab whenever they want. I think during that, the, that is strange. Yeah, during the entire thing, Paul had two basses. John played the same Sheraton casino guitar the entire time. Mm-hmm. And George had two guitars. That's crazy. Yeah. That's all they had. That that's guys who know they know their thing. Yeah, yeah they they know their their fucking weapon, and that's what they went with. Um, it didn't look to me like Yoko broke the Beatles up. It looked to me like the Beatles broke the Beatles up. Absolutely. Are you yeah. shitting me? That's a convenient thing to say. Yeah, and she is obnoxious. Yeah, but I mean. The ironic part is, I think that it, they might have broken up because of her, but it wasn't a negative thing. I think she might have gotten in John's ear, and it was a dispute over because Brian Epstein killed himself. Mm. He was their manager. He was their basically their dad. Yeah, because he got with them whenever they were between sixteen and eighteen years old, and built them, mm. and then. A, in 66 or 67, not sure he killed himself. Lord knows why he was a gay man in 1966, 67. Things might not have been cool for him. Um, I think a guy that with that much money and that much power, it wouldn't have been, it, it, wouldn't, it, was, it wouldn't have been a probably a brand, an undiagnosed, uh, mental illness. Probably. Cause shit like that just went undiagnosed until like a year ago in, in this world. Even now it's not, it's, what, it's well, tough. Let's not, let's not fix it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Here, take Seroquel, stupid. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> That's an anti-psychotic. I know that, that, that happened to me once. Um, what did that feel like? I didn't like it. It, it was like an opiate that made you dumb. They put me on Zoloft when I was like 15. I've had Zoloft. Uh, I didn't. I, it, it was really hard to jizz. It fucked me up. Yeah. Um, I think one of my problems was I kept getting antidepressants, SSRIs, when really it was just I just needed to get off my ass and do something. I should have been depressed. <laughs> you know. Sometimes depression is telling you something. Yep. Um. What the fuck were we talking about? Oh, yeah. They needed a dad. And, and mm-hmm. uh, the Beatles, they were disputing over who was going to be their manager to lead them into the 70s and do whatever. And they were talking about themselves? Yeah. They, who, was, who was going to take they the were, reins? They were taking meetings with fuck. with uh, the Rolling Stones manager and all this shit. Yeah. And he was, he was a money guy. Yeah. He was like, we want to... I think he wanted to put their songs in commercials, which they didn't want. Yeah. He wanted to do all this stuff. Paul want, Paul was cool with them, but John John was a hippie. 
He's the Paul art- was not. He's the artiste. Yeah, yeah. Paul was a pop songwriter, mm-hmm. which so was John, but John was an artist. He was. And Paul is too. Paul's probably a much better musician than John, technically. Um, but there wasn't a lot of stank in a lot of Paul's songs. Right. There's a fucking. It's a diss track. One of the first diss tracks ever called how do you sleep yeah you played that one for me and they're, uh, they're talking shit to the rolling stones no john is talking shit to paul as, as oh. after they broke up is oh, 1970 okay. when they recorded this i thought you were talking about that what's that song where they're talking about mary unfaithful where oh uh, that's um and your bird can sing yeah they're talking shit to the rolling stones on that god that's awesome <laughs> and they, they wrote the rolling stones first hit song <laughs> were they friends or yeah oh yeah i think that was just a little light ribbing but there's a line in that song, John sings about Paul. It says, the sound you make is Muzak to you, to my ears. Muzak is the elevator music company. Yes. And then the next line, I thought you might have learned something after all those years. And I was like, whoa. Dude, that's fucked up. Yeah. I, I, I don't. When those things break, it's very interesting, of course. Well, what it is, because I've been through it, it's too four guys two. I'm not John and Paul had the biggest relationship mm-hmm. is it's two people that are in love with each other in a platonic, a platonic way right they're not friends that love each other they are in love with each other and when once it go once it goes bad it breaks up like it other explodes other. right makes sense and then there's money involved oh god yeah and there's not a small it's hundreds of millions of dollars bordering on the billions by now yeah you know man yeah and then they let the rights lapse after paul or john dies and michael jackson buys the rights to all their music yeah and get, starts putting and their fucking told, songs in commercials and guess who told him how to do that paul did probably no that's the story i think that is the story. that's the story why paul hate, hated michael jackson he said because it's licensing that's what you do <laughs> You take the song and you put it in a commercial, beep, 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 and you get a check every month. And Michael Jackson, being smart, and he was, said, well, I want to get the most successful music. What's the most successful music in history? The Beatles. So he went and bought their shit, and he put it in commercials, and uh, Paul Revolution, that. Revolution was, was in a Nike. fucking Nike commercial. It's a great commercial. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I just remember hearing about it. <laughs> Let me look that up. It's got to be out there somewhere. I think it's. Oh, wow. 1988. Enjoy the show. Do something. I remember this. Anything. Oh, my God. Uh, this is painful. We all want to change the world. All right. They cut it up. Is that how we all? That's how we all. All right. All right. Dude, that's offensive. That is. Uh, that's how. I know I'm friends with you and my brothers and people like that because that 
that did offend me as well. I'm like, oh God, are you fucking kidding me with this? You know, <sighs> that's not what that song's about. <laughs> it's about the opposite of that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you want to change the world? Hey, where are these sneakers that everybody else is wearing? It's like, in, no. That's insane. Hold on one second. I can't believe they let him do that. All right, we're back. Yeah, um, John Lennon would have murdered everybody in that fucking building if he if he was alive to see that. He would have taken that gun that that guy would have shot him with yeah. and chased out Michael Jackson and killed him. Yeah. That song is not about that. That's the first I mean, time. I've heard about that commercial, and that's the first time I've ever seen it. And I'm upset. <laughs> it's over, man. It's over. Man. <laughs> Is that why all these Beatles songs ended up as uh, like Grace Under Fire had Lady Madonna, but yeah. it was the cover? Yes. Um, Wonder Years. Michael Jackson's estate owns uh, those. So not now. Do they not? No, Paul got it. Okay. Paul got it back. Well, I'm just wondering. I guess covers are different than the actual song. I wouldn't be as offended if they used a cover of revolution like stone temple pilots has a cover of it use that do they really yeah it sounds just like sounds just like the beatles version just with stone temple pilots singing it yeah i don't want to hear it either yeah that's upsetting um i wouldn't none of my songs are ever going to get to that level but i wouldn't want one of my songs used as an ad for anything especially after i'm dead but if somebody would pay me an amount of money for me to write a special song or a jingle or whatever, I would do that. But if you're going to take a song that I wrote about my dead father and put it oh, on, on a commercial. That's fucking depressing <laughs> in so many ways. Yeah. Well, it's like there was an episode of Fly of the Concords where they, they were going to do a toothpaste commercial. And so... They had to write a song for it because we don't use our, our music to sell products. I mean, they're like, <laughs> and then they're selling they're selling one of their songs. The um, the humans are dead. Yeah, they're they're using that for a fucking greeting card. It's oh, it's terrible. Beep beep. beep. It's so bad. But it, um, oh, they they went through this whole thing where David Bowie visited Brett, and he's talking about how you can't. Hello, Bowie. <laughs> Brett. Brett. Would you like to borrow my jumper, Bowie? <laughs> The media monkeys and the junket junkies <laughs> sell you tickets. No, he says can take you to the plastic pantomime. Throw their throw their advice. Oh, it's fucking awful, dude. Um, shifting off, I started rewatching Game of Thrones again. Getting ready for House of the Dragon. When does that come on? I think it's the end of this month. I'm excited. House of the Dragon. Let's watch a trailer for House of the Dragon. The newest one looks pretty fucking tremendous. It looks like, you know, George R. R. Martin, this is his show. Yes. He, he chose the showrunners. He chose all the people to do it. A lot like he did. He with was, and he had a hand in the casting as well. Yeah. Because I know who all these characters are, and they're all pretty much dead on. Other, of course, than Corliss Valerion, who is white in the book, but in the show, it's going to be awesome. Like, I, I love what they're doing with that. Like they were a group of people who were from the summer, summer Isles and they traded with Valeria. So they just became Valerian at one point. Okay. They just kind of married, not married in. They created a house in, in Valeria. They're not doing diversity for diversity. No, sake, which is just, it is pandering and stupid to, 
to do that because nobody likes it. The people that like like the new Lord of the Rings th- thing that's coming to the people that like Lord of the Rings don't care about that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And you're just turning off the people that like it, have liked it forever. Now, if it makes sense, whatever. All right. That's great. We've discussed this before that fantasy worlds operate in the same with the same rules and constructs that our world works in. So you can't just, you have to have reasonable uh, construction of races that are going to mirror things in our world. For example, in, in um, Westeros, you had the first men who are the Celts. Mm-hmm. They, they wielded. Is bron- it the feast of the first men or the fist of the first men? fist, the fist. Cause it's like a statue. Yes, out there. Well, no, it looks, it's, a, it's a mountain. It soon. It's a mountain. That's like, kind of looks, looks like, like fist. fist. Yeah, I've, I've just gotten to the part where, uh, I'm on the climb. Mm-hmm. That's the next episode. God, I'm going to watch. Episode. There hasn't been, I'm telling you, I don't know what it is, but that show started in 2011, 10, yes. 11, one 11, of those. I think. And it looks better than most things that are made now. And it's because they filmed it in a place, right? Not in a studio. And they added some, of course they added some effects and shit mm. later. Northern Ireland and Dubrovnik is where they, and go. when they're standing on the ground, they're literally standing on the ground. That's uh, d- d- Marvel. And of course, everybody in the, is acting their ass off. Exactly. And Marvel hasn't grasped, grabbed a hold of this yet. Although Wakanda forever looks different. It does look, a little I think better. the Kugler, said we're not doing that we're doing this you know so i think it looks great i wonder how they're going to handle it wakanda forever handle the death of chadwick boseman well he will have died in it and then they're going to pass on the mantle probably to his sister i would think shuri is her name Mm -hmm. and she's a good candidate i mean that was the uh that goes to her in the comic yeah at least from what i heard namor they are patterning it's not atlantis it's this other place and they're patterned after the aztecs that's pretty cool. It's a great fucking idea. It's a nice... Me- See, okay, we're talking about diversity. That's an awesome thing. That's a great idea. Make these fantasy peoples different, you know, and make them have reasonable backstories and things like that. As I was saying, in a Game of Thrones, you have the, the first men, who are the Celts. Then you have the Andals, who are the Angles. I mean, he didn't try very hard sometimes. The Angles, which became the Anglo-Saxons. Yeah. You know, who were, you know, wielded steel and they were blonde and they're very blue eyes and tense. Very Viking. So like a, a Lannister would be an Andal, right? No. Well, the Lannisters are real are, deep on the lore here. Let's bore the shit okay. out of everybody. <laughs> the Lannisters are, are descended from Lan the Clever, who Casterly was the family they got that from. And I think the Lannisters were... Um, I think they were the first men or they were, or they're an Andal family. I can't really remember. I have to look that up. Um, I used to be able to name all the families that were. It's so weird. These books have other books to explain the books. I love them. The guy at work, uh, he reads, he's read them Mm. and he said that there's, um, so much information. It's like an entire history. It is. There's like history, like the book that the house of dragons Mm. based on. It's, is a history book, right? Yes, fire Essentially. I've got it at the house. So let's watch the trailer. Okay. I think this is the Comic Con extended trailer. Splintering shields and ringing swords. And I placed my air upon the iron throne. And all the dragons roared as one. Consider the matter urgent, that of your succession. The 
Diana's throne is the most dangerous seat in the realm. And our line is vulnerable, too easily ended. Well, who else would have a claim? The firstborn child. There he is. No queen has ever sat the Iron Throne. The king has an heir, Daemon Targaryen. I will not be made to choose between my brother and my daughter. succession will be challenged. Knives will come out. You are the king. Your first duty is to take a new wife. Alison Hightower. I have decided to name a new heir. I'm your heir. War is afoot. Do you think the realm will ever accept me as their queen? The lords of the realm bent the knee. A woman would not inherit the Iron Throne. Because that is the order of things. When I'm queen, I will create a new order. Your family has dragons. They are a power men should never have trifled with. Dalgarians are closer to gods than to men. If Rhaenyra comes into power, she can cut off any challenge to her succession. I am to inherit the Iron Throne. She will block my way. Our hearts remain as one. Our hearts were never one. Have you never imagined yourself on the Iron Throne? That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's, it looks good. I mean, that music. Yeah. By the way, this whole thing ends badly. I'm sure. Ends really badly. I'm sure. I don't doubt that even slightly. And then they need what they need to do with that. They're thinking about making House of the Dragon into a uh, anthology show. Hmm. They need to either go either back or forward. They need to go back and tell Aegon's story. Aegon the Conqueror and his two sisters, Rhaenys and Visenya. They need to tell that story because that's fucking awesome. And it is so... That's had some of the best moments of, of any of his books. It's a story I've told a hundred times about how uh, Visenya flies to the top of the Airy. And lands in the fucking courtyard, and they're and they're resisting. They're an old Andal family, and they're you know they've been there for th- thousands of years, or a thousand years, and they're not going to give up. They're not going to bend the knee to the Targaryens. So the the queen, who whose son is the king, the regent, you know, um, she's the regent. And she's uh, she gets up, and the kid and the kid not in the bed. So she walks out into the fucking courtyard. In the area, and there sits Visenya with the kid on her lap and a dragon behind him. <laughs> and the queen and the queen of the area, the she was a, an Aaron, like John Aaron, comes out and says, uh, and the little kid says, Look, this nice lady wants to take me on a ride on a dragon. Oh, that's not what she wants to do. Well, <laughs> and then she kind of looks at her like the uh, the Aaron queen, and she's like, uh, <coughs> Will he be okay? And 
she's like, yes, he'll be fine. It's this conversation between them. So, and she knows what that means. So they're going to get on the dragon. And as he's getting on, as she's putting him on the, on the dragon to ride it, his mom says, why don't you give me your crown so you don't drop it? Ooh. And she hands him the crown. She hands, he hands her mom, his mom, the crown. And then she takes that crown, lays it on the ground. She takes her crown, lays it on the ground. She has all the men in her guard lay their swords in the fucking ground. And then she walks back into the fucking palace and shuts the door behind her. And the only thing you hear is a kid laughing as he's riding on a dragon. Cause he's having so much fun. That's it. That's the fucking scene. Cut to black. But it's, but it's meant to be like a threat. <clears throat> it is a threat yeah. because she's saying, yes, I will have this dragon eat your son. And you are you will be extinguished. We we'll, we will kill everybody in this fucking tower. Now you're and then but she didn't. She she landed, and then the kid had to be t- told, or what isn't even really told. She's just like, "Well, I'm a king. You're not a king. You're you're now the warden of this of the Vale. That's what you are. That's basically what you do now. You're not a king. So it is the sh- the show." I know we've gone on ad nauseum about how good the show is. Yeah. But it's insane. It is. How good it is. Like, um, and I don't want to stop watching it. I don't want to go to bed. The crazy mm. part about it is, is how people have forgotten it. Yeah. Because of one bad season, and it wasn't even a bad season. I don't give a fuck if you compare what anybody it says. To most other shows, the first five, six, whatever, are seven. Insane how good they are. Yes. And the last season, I guess, it... It's not as good, but it's still better than most things. It had a it had choices to make, and they made choices that at the time George R. thought Martin were thought were going to happen in the book. Those are no longer happening, and he didn't. I don't think he changed them. At least I don't like to think that he did. I think that that as the story he was writing it then, that's how it would have ended. But since then, he's been writing, and it has changed. He, he, like I said, he's one of the writers called a gardener. He said there's. There's uh, engineers and gardeners. Engineers build a story with a fucking ground up. You know, this is the way it's going to be. And it's, you know, very. Those stories, while they can be good, are not. If they're a pure. If they're. Or an architect. If they're a pure architect, it's usually not that much fun. Because they don't grow. They don't, you know. Then there's gardeners where you plant a seed and it starts to grow. And then you are just reporting what's happening. The thing writes itself. I've done that where I've written something and it writes itself as I'm going, you know, mm-hmm. and the characters act how the characters going to act. They, they take on life. I'm an unsuccessful writer and, and I can do that. You know, he's one of the most successful writers in history. I think that's the, whenever I would write stories for school or whatever, I'm more of a gardener. I think. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people are, and you have a general idea, but then something happens in the story and it doesn't fit anymore. Um, and no writer is, I think, purely one or the other. I think that, you know, there, there are different, an architect would be somebody like, uh, Robert Jordan. I think that he, (laughs) and they got to be tiresome. Let's just put it that way. Then as, as I think that Tad Williams would be, would be uh, a gardener. But someone an architect too Because his books get finished <laughs> He's four books into this fucking series Now I got the new one I'm reading it um, It's called Into the Narrow Dark And it's fucking great um, That's the one I'm waiting for Is the uh, series Of Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn Which will be 
fucking awesome. I mean, I just wonder who's going to do it. I don't want it's going to have Bezos to do it. I don't want Bezos to do it I because want HBO I, to do it. I, yeah, I want somebody who's going to respect the dignity of the story and make it how it's supposed to be. HBO is basically giving <clears throat> George R. R. Martin control. Mm-hmm. Like, there's multiple spinoffs that are coming. The Adventures of Duncan Egg. Is that coming? Yes. Uh, John Snow. Whew. He's getting, that's a tough one. And he's, it's his adventures north of the wall. It might just be a one-off, eight episode, ten episode, be whatever. Awesome. But George R. R. Martin has complete control over. And it might be redemption for that character, or for the or for the the last part of yeah. that. I think he wants to. I think he doesn't want to be remembered for that, so he's trying to write his way out of it. And he wants to write a good TV show. Um, I think that I can't um, pick like everybody on that show. I can't see them in other things. And not be like, man, I wish I was still in Westeros with my homies, you know? Like, yeah, they're that's a real Star Wars thing. They're they're stuck in now. Like Maisie Williams and um, what I'd like to see what she's doing because she was leaving Westeros, wasn't she? Who Arya? Yeah, she's taking a ship and she's going across the the boundless sea. She's she wants she, to, I she's see going what's what she's going to find. I guarantee, if I was writing it, writing it, is a continent that's like North America with Native American type people. That's the way to go. And she would fit right in. She would. I mean, I like world creating. It's the funnest. You know, it's like this whole continent I'm planning has a giant inland sea in it, and it's freshwater. So you've got freshwater sharks, whales, all these different things, you know. Freshwater giraffes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's got Neanderthals. It's got giant prehistoric beasts. It's got all these fucking this crazy fucking place where these people live and they have to try to make a living in this very like fruitful place, but very violent, you know, so you have to be, but anyway, and he has just created this fucking place. We haven't even gotten into the, some of some of the coolest places in that world. We haven't touched any of the East ET or any of those places that are, there's a, there's a wall in another, in the Asian part of this world. Oh. That's like fused stone like the Valyrians made. And then there's this other group of people who came across the ocean. The high towers are not, they have purple eyes. They're not Valyrian. They're this other group of people who they don't know who they are really. So they're from this other place. And they, his, he is fucking insane. His, his ability to create people shit on him because he can't finish a book. Fuck off. You write something that big and try to fucking finish it. I don't care if he dies before he finishes it. You know why? Because I'll have a thousand writers. We'll have a thousand writers writing, (laughs) writing their fucking into it. And they'll let every one of them tell it. Be like, well, what's your take on this? Well, here's what my take is. That's awesome. We're going to do, you know, it's like, it's like uh, kind of like what, what they did with Dune. Dune is, to a lot of people's mind, incomplete. It ended very strangely, you know, in this 35,000 years in the future with a world that, a universe that was completely different and all these different things. And they never explained it because Frank Herbert died before he could explain it. So his son took and started writing and writes great books that are bestsellers. You know, true Dune fans, the the uh, fucking annoying ones, shit on it and say, "Well, that's not fuck you." It's fun to write. You don't have to think it's part of that. If you want to be part of those books, you know, if you want to just read those books and think that that's all there was to be told, then read them and fuck off. But if somebody else wants to, and his son wants to tell this other story, then why don't you just let them do that instead of shitting on it? Be like, hey, man, I'm not down with that, but that's interesting stuff. They can do whatever they want, you know. 
I can't wait for, you know, House of Dragon is going to be. I saw saw something reference though something that's terrible, and it's going to be hard to watch. Like, there's lots of things in that that are going to be hard to watch. A lot of child murder, a lot of things like that. I mean, it's and not in any kind of let's just take a baby and spit them on a fucking dagger. It's not like that. Yeah. It's fucking it's bad what they do. Um, and um, but as much as I like that one, I'm want to see the adventures of Duncan egg. Cause they're so much fun. Like the realm was at peace. The Targaryens are still in power, but it's after the power struggles and everything settled house. And basically all the dragons are dead at that point, but the Targaryens are still in power. So, and there's, it's a lot like England around the time of Arthur and things like that. You know, you have these giant tournaments for these knights and everybody's, you know, there's plenty for everybody. That's it's during a summer, you know, it's, the you know this long summer and um you know you get to see like the progenitors of these families like uh you get to see lionel baratheon who's the laughing storm who's robert stannis and renly's grandfather or might be great grandfather this fucking giant of a man They're, they call him the laughing storm because he loves battle so much that he laughs the entire time <laughs> and he's just giant dude knocks people off their fucking horses with a big hammer and shit he is awesome and he's just giant fucking helmet with stag's horns on it. Just this beast of a man, you know. And then you've got, like, these interesting Targaryen characters. You've got all these. I mean, it's so, it's so much fun. I can't wait for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. One thing I like about the show is they're not afraid to recast somebody that sucks. Sure. Like, um, the kid that plays Tommen was a... a yeah. A in the later seasons was a nephew. He was Lancel. Lancel. He was a nephew in the earlier seasons. And you could see why they recast him as Tommen because the kid jumps off the screen in his, in his three second speaking part that he had. You could just look at him and be like, wow, no wonder that I I just saw him last night and they Mm -hmm. replaced him later in the, in the, uh, series and they could just explain that away while they're both lannisters they look and they look they do kind of look enough alike to where it does nobody noticed tommen before right and they look enough alike to where it doesn't matter exactly but honestly when he's in the dungeon there right uh after he's been captured captured um (laughs) captured his three line speaking part he jumped off the screen he's good yeah you're like oh okay no wonder because the other kid just kind of sat there and moped most of the time well but he was cast to do that like the character was you know they had to age him up because you know in the book uh tom is still a, a kid he's a little kid and he's a sweet natured little kid who is gets sad you know sometimes but usually he's happy and but i mean they recast marcella too that's when there was another character um, um the the guy that dies all the time and comes back they recast him yeah um, like he's in like a half second in the first episode. Barrick, go uh, kill the, Dendary, go kill yeah. the mountain. <laughs> and then he comes back and he's just like in two seasons later, he's this charismatic guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, patch. he's just kind of standing there. Like, <laughs> that guy had me thinking, this is the only thing I'm going to be doing. You know, yeah. so, um, well, they recast, recast the mountain like four times. Yeah. Easily four times. Well, it was first of all, first, uh, first of all, the guy's name's Conan something who's from New Zealand. I think he died. Because he was on so many fucking steroids. Um, then to hold his place, they got this this big guy who was 
tall and had a deep voice. And he's just like in one cut scene. Yeah. And he wasn't very good. And then they got, uh, then they got the, um, Hofthor to play him. And, um, I don't remember the guy's name, but he's coming up soon as, as I'm rewatching it. Uh, he was one of the Khaleesi's guards. He's like a good fighter. The first guy was blonde. And then the next guy has brown hair and a beard. And it's completely different, but he's way better. Oh, that's, um, what is that cat's name? Fuck, I can't. What is that fucking guy's name? That's going to kill me. I'm going to look up Game of Thrones recast to see if there's a bunch of bunch of them that I've missed. I'm trying to remember that character's name. It's going to kill me if I can't. Um, in the book, he's he's not much like the character in the book either. Either guy, um, and that's okay. It's, it's him. Way better. The guy on the right. Does it say who that is? Mm-hmm. Dario Naharis. Dario, Dario Naharis. I remember him now. The mountain. I do like the first mountain, though. He was good, man. And also, he was more age appropriate. Um, Hofthor is considerably younger than Rory, uh, the the other guy who plays the Hound. That other guy seems to be older, you know. Um, yeah, they recast Marcella. Mm-hmm. Dickon Tarly. Yeah. I didn't know that one. Oh yeah. See, they look just enough. Alike. Yeah, they do. I mean, and, and you could explain it away like, well, he aged because he died so many times. He's got a rough fucking life. Yeah, he's been killed six times. Three Eyed uh, Raven was recast. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, that's uh, God. That actor, Children of the Forest. They were all recast. And the Night King got recast a couple of times. That doesn't really matter. I really thought it was Bran. I really thought it was Brad. I thought it was going to be this. I think they wanted us to think that too, because they gave him a little bit bigger of a nose. Yeah, exactly. And I thought there was going to be this moment where he just reached out and grabs Brand's shoulder and they go through this fucking thing where it's like spinning through history and all these awful, you know, all these things are happening and all these things had to happen. You know, um, I don't have a problem with Arya killing him. I thought that was fucking badass. Was I like when she, she, like, she drops the fucking knife and catches it and then fucking snicks him. That's fucking awesome. I like the fact because he looked down and he saw it happening. And then even, even he couldn't predict that one. Like, she, he, he just couldn't get his defense up in time. You and know? that's been redone at least a couple times in other movies where the big bad gets killed in a similar fashion. Of course it has. I mean... TV is nothing if not. Yeah, you got it. It's just like stealing from the Beatles or the Beach Boys. Sure, but you I mean, do it. I know, but you, it's going to be to varying degrees of success. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, you know, I'm reading Ted Williams right now, uh, and uh, I'm about not even halfway through. And there are definite things that uh, Robert, I mean, uh, George R. R. Martin called from from his because he, he said it's a direct quote he said i read this the original memory star in the thorn trilogy and i loved it so much i wanted to write my own so that's Amen. what he did and um and indeed he did and matter of fact he had this thing where a scene where he included technically i mean characters from that book in in game of thrones that's great the care the king's name was joshua or uh no is um Frank, <laughs> Tom. No, it was um, John, King John. 
and he had a son named Joshua and Elias. And in the book, King, uh, this guy, Lord John, and then his son, Joshua and Elias are arguing, three arguing together. It's fucking awesome because I saw it. And I, I knew I saw it. I was like, that's that's fucking Tad Williams. And he and it was it was true. I re- actually read that later. And um, also, he uh, put a nod to um, uh, The Wheel of Time in that book. The Wheel of Time. Boy, that, that was a disappointing. For people that really loved that book, I wonder how disappointed they were. Uh, the last few episodes were good. I actually got There were some the, things I liked, yes. The, the, the argument I got into with somebody was um, the scene with the IEL lady was gritty and felt very real. And this asshole piped up and said, yeah, a woman who's that pregnant fight. And I was just like, buddy, um, do you realize what you're watching? It's a thing with monsters and magic and all this yeah. shit. I'm, surely you can some fucking exactly. Can you suspend disbelief enough that a woman can fight that pregnant and still be a badass? It was probably not advisable, but you know, and you got to do what you got to do. They're trying to kill her, you know? Yeah. It's not like they were trying to help her fucking birth a child. Well, but she, Technically, they weren't trying to. They were trying to kill her, but she, she doesn't know that they're not trying. She's to kill her. an aggressor. Like what happened was this. Uh, it's the Iel War. Um, there was this tree that the Iel. There was this kingdom called Kyrian, and they cut down this tree, and then the Iel came over the fucking dragon wall to take that motherfucker's head, and it only three steps came, and they. I, I had this this debate in. Uh, you know, one of the fantasy chat rooms who wins winner take all Fremen versus Aiel, you know, Fremen is from Dune for everybody. Right. And, and I said, no magic, no technology who wins. And, you know, I had this big debate and I sided with the Aiel. I thought the Aiel win. They're bigger. They're stronger. Um, now let's throw the unsullied in there. That's a tough one. Um, I think the Aiel would probably be, Beat the unsullied, but I think it would be bloody. I think it would be, I think it'd be a last man standing type deal. Mm. Um, now let's also throw the Sardaukar in there. Uh, Sardaukar are or the crazy fucking Viking looking cats that are on Dune with getting the fucking blood thing on their fucking forehead. Okay, they're fucking nasty, dude. Yeah, they don't fuck around. <laughs> no. What about the uh, the wildlings? They're too disorganized. Uh, yeah, they're not. They're and it depends on which group of wildlings you're talking about. There's all if kinds. Tormund's leading them. I'm going to root. I'm He's a good battle commander, but he he fights with a lot of passion as opposed to a lot of um, tactics. So. <laughs> <laughs> because he's sitting there talking to him about tactics. They won't be able to put us in the double envelope. <laughs> they won't be able to surround us. Good. <laughs> <laughs> he's the oh, fucking best, great. dude. Have you ever seen without his beard? Yeah, he's handsome. He's fucking handsome as shit, dude. He's Makes like, me mad. <laughs> he's charismatic as all get out. And his fucking just absolute love. He's like a fucking Brienne. He's, he's a big disc golfer. Isn't he? he? Yeah. He, oh, God. Um, and he started doing commercials afterwards, at, basically as, as Torben. Yeah. He's, he's like, like big red haired bastard that he probably weighs about two sixty. Oh, he's big, he's dude. Jacked. Yeah, he probably has a bit of a gut because he seems like the type of guy that likes to have some beers. He would be strong guy, jacked, real world yeah. jacked, as opposed to I'm in the gym Pretty, all the time, jacked. Yeah. Um, he's more like a not as big as a mountain at all. But, no, but yeah, he's like a big disc golfer. He fucking um, 
he's like a brand ambassador for one of the disc golf awesome. manufacturers and he like does commercials for that him. guy can live the life now yeah that's the only thing he has or has he enters has to do. pro tournaments he's and, he's, in, and he's no better than me he's gonna be in that john snow show though gotta be it's gotta we gotta have him yeah it's gotta be a buddy comedy <laughs> it's a buddy cop two. movie yeah <laughs> john's always like i'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> pep up john we got a battle ahead <laughs> <laughs> you know, shit like that. God, he was the best character. <laughs> oh, he's um, so much fun. As soon as I saw him in, um, uh, whenever John thinks he's uh, Mance Raider, he's eating that chicken. <laughs> Just got a whole chicken yeah. in his head. It's a baby crow. What do I want with a baby crow? <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I was like, I like this fucking guy. He, in the book, he's different. Like, he's he's a little bit the same. He's just like, he's a giant dude, but he's not tall. Like he's real wide and just like really fucking strong. Um, they call him uh, Giant Spain because he killed a he killed a giant. He wrote it down. Um, mm. I um, wonder how the giant in their crew feels about that. I mean, they're just people, so they you know he might not like that guy. <laughs> I'll get over it. I yeah, it's <laughs> like I don't like that asshole anyway. Fuck him. I don't care if he was one of the last of us. You know. Um, I did like, however. Um, that John's name was Wig Wen Dunn, and I like the fact that he fought with John and broke through the fucking gate. I hate the way he died, but that's, you know, come on. Um, I'm getting to the meat of the show now, middle of season three. I just started last week. I've been watching three or four episodes every night. Yeah. It just flies by. It's great. I just, you just forget how good it is. It, it's not getting the respect it deserves. It doesn't, because people are so disappointed that last season that it's become a, it's become a, Metaphorical thing now. Are you going to game? Are you going to Game of Thrones? This? Like, well, you mean awesome till the very end, and then something that you don't agree with happens. It's so still pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's still fucking awesome. That battle was pretty amazing at the end. The fucking mountain versus the hound, Clegane Bowl. Come on, worth the price of fucking admission. Yeah, it was great. And the the, the, the fucking. The dragons destroying the fucking city was awesome. It's insane. The battle out in front of the fucking city. Was fucking awesome. I watched it the other day and I was like, what the fuck were people fucking complaining about? This shit is badass. They set the bar so high the first well, seven seasons. The Golden Company is out in front of the fucking the gates. And then the Unsullied are fucking just, you know, they get into position, they're coming. And then all of a sudden, the fucking gates just blow out and fucking all then the Golden Company is dead. And it's because she's riding Drogon and comes in fucking moat and just kills everybody. I like the fact that she, I don't know if she did kill him, but she almost, but she pretty much rendered Countlin Greyjoy non-existent by just destroying all his ships. That was awesome. I never liked that fucking guy. One of the things, I remember people complaining that she ended up being the big bad of the show, and you didn't watch the show if you didn't it think telegraphed that, at the if you didn't time. think that could happen. You didn't watch the show. Anytime anybody even slightly inconvenienced Daenerys fucking Targaryen, she threatened to kill everybody within a hundred mile radius. She did. I will come back when my dragons are grown and I will burn your city to the ground and kill every man, woman and child. She did that every episode almost. Yeah. She was not, they think because she was, I don't know if that's going to happen in the book. I'm pretty sure something close to that is going to happen. Um, She's a descendant of the Mad King. 
you know yeah but she's it's also she's also descended of um some a lot of good people too yeah. so it could have gone either way yeah it was a coin flip just the, like the craziest thing about it is is that damon targaryen the guy who by the way the, the biggest recipient the biggest the, the 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 actor who gets off who gets the best role in this show is Matt Smith. Oh yeah, he gets to play you can Damon. Tell he's mm. fucking a lunatic, but in a great fucking way. Like he's this great guy half the time, and half the time he's this monster, undiagnosed bipolar disorder. Well, he's a Targaryen. He's like when they talk about the dragon, like it's that thing that is almost outside of emotion. It operates. Just as an animal, you know, as like however the mood's going to strike you. That's why I don't think Rhaegar was was accurately called the last dragon. He was a very even keeled. Everybody knows the last dragon's Bruce Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> Show enough. Um, but he was very even keeled and and sweet and annoying. A good and he's a good fighter. Definitely, definitely a good fighter. Um, but he just wasn't like the rest of them. He would have made a great king. Um, things just didn't go that way. That's a, that's a, that's a fucking theme in his work is man, things would have been so much better had things, you know, just got this one direction gone, you know, it's not an interesting story. If Robert, Robert wins the throne and you think it was a good thing to happen. It wasn't, it was the bad thing that happened. Rhaegar would have fucking the Mad King was dead. Rhaegar would have brought everybody together and say, "Look, I know he was crazy. I got to apologize, to everybody. We're going to hold the realm together, and everything's going to be fine." And everyone would have lived reasonably happily ever after. You know, he would have had to kill Robert. Robert wouldn't have accepted what happened. So, um, I don't know if that was possible. Man, who do you think the most evil person in that show is? The most evil. There's a hierarchy of evil. Cersei's up there. She's up there. Uh, I think uh, Tywin was an evil man, but an evil. But he would definitely Just, been lawful evil. Lawful, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cersei would have been neutral evil, chaotic evil. No, not quite chaotic I'm because thinking, she operated within a framework. I'm thinking the chaotic evil is Ramsay Bolton. Yes, definitely. He's just the most pure evil character. I've His ever father seen. was rigidly lawful evil, but. Still did awful things. Ramsey Snow, I guess, at this point in the story where I am. He is a snow. Um, But just, he lets Theon go and then chases him down. He's a fucking malignant narcissist. I mean, he's just, he's just absolutely, he's a sociopath is actually what he is. He's a, he's a, he's a psychopathic sociopath. He has no human emotions, but the only, well, he has some, but the only emotions he has are uh, lust, hatred, Things like that. I've forgotten the girl's name, Natalie Dorner, the really hot chick. Audrey Tyrell. Always looks like she's up to something. And that's just her face. Yeah. She, um, she's also evil. Just the way she's like, I don't know. Um, the way Joffrey's given her the tour of all the people that died and explain the way it, like I the think, way they died and yeah, everything. I, and she's enjoying it. At least she's acting like she's enjoying it, but she has a means. He's a means to an end. She wants to be the fucking queen. I think she's more political. Uh, well, if you're going to go that, that down that road, we have to acknowledge the fact that Elena Tyrell was evil. Yeah. She was good evil though. Cause she killed Joffrey. That yeah. kid needed to die. But he was still a kid, and the story she told about how her sister was going to be with Mace Tyrell, and then she went in his bedroom and snuck in his bedroom and fucked the shit out of him. And then after, 
and said he couldn't walk. He couldn't walk down to, to breakfast the next day, and then he forgot all about my sister. That's evil. That's an evil That's thing to do. Up, yeah. Um, and the way she lured Jamie Lannister in, and then fucking told him everything after she drank the poison, so she, so he can't fucking retaliate. That was evil. It was badass, but it yeah. was fucking evil. But she's great. Like uh, she. That she will be sorely missed, man. She was and and a beautiful woman in her youth. She was a Bond girl. Oh yeah, forgot about that. I loved her. She portrayed her. I think even better than the character in the book. The character in the book is this ancient woman who's smart and you know got a fuck she could kill a man at 20 paces with her tongue you know what i mean but but it's definitely in a more i'm old kind of way and i'm gonna say whatever i want to say she said things to cut because she wanted to do it and she didn't like anybody and she <laughs> i like the fact she would just reduce anybody who thought they were something in a second she's like it's like looking at one of the uh, sand snakes she's like you look like a angry boy why don't you just get out of this room you know it's just like <laughs> that girl didn't know what to do with her because she'd kill anybody else and say that but she can't kill this old woman you know <laughs> um and the way she uh, fucking told cersei i wonder if you're the worst person i've ever met <laughs> it's like i'm old so i've met a lot of people but the truly vile ones do stand out <laughs> she is rough like seriously just, is rough she cersei doesn't get as much Credit as she deserves for that fucking coup where she killed everybody. That was pretty fucking brilliant. With the, uh, with the wildfire. wildfire. That was a tie, that was a Tywin Lannister moment right there. That is something he would have done. I don't even think he even he would have done that because that is more her style. He was destroy this all these other people, but it's a calculated risk that I'm going to take. These. And everything's within the political framework, mostly. Y- yes. Well, I mean, they're really, they can't do anything about it. Like, it's within the political framework, is in they're too powerful to be dealt with. Yeah, the framework's what he says it is, basically. Basically, like when he killed the, uh, the, uh, the Casterlies. And he fucking, they had that, uh, they had Castamere and, um, the rain has actually the rains family. I'm sorry. The rains had Castamere and they, it was an underground place. It was an old gold mine that has been exhausted. So they built fucking, it was siege proof. So they thought, and they built underground rooms and shit with the granaries and fucking all kinds of stuff. They could survive years of siege, but they needed fresh water. So he just directed a Creek and dammed the Creek up. So it couldn't get out from the other part so it just literally flooded and then he walled him up in it hmm. i don't know if you've ever heard that story um it what didn't make it to the show i'm guessing they did have been mentioned they didn't go it in detail they mentioned it all the time the reigns of castamere like that song that that's a song like, yeah yeah so and it's people it's it is both reigns as in reigns and reigns is an r-e-y-n-e-s the reigns of castamere and they said that after they walled him up for a couple of weeks afterwards, you could hear people banging on the walls and trying to get out and shit. And they all just drowned in there and died. And, and every man, woman and child. Damn. He did that to two different families. He did that to the rain. And he did that to the, uh, the Tarbex. I think he also did it to the Tarbex. They were fucking, 
the Reigns were a family that had once been powerful, and they had exhausted all their wealth and had overextended themselves, and just rising and rising and falling as families do, you know. And they were on the downswing, and the Lannisters were still massively powerful and wealthy, and but his dad. Uh, Tidos Lannister was a weakling and a fat. He was a jovial guy. Like everybody loved him. They didn't respect him. You know, he's the kind of guy that everybody loved, but then they would, oh shit. Cramp. Yeah. cramp. Yes. It's the worst. I knew that movement. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hamstring cramp. But um, he went so far as um, took Joanna's jewels and gave them to his, his mistress. Well, once he died, climbing the chair, climbing the stairs to her bedchamber, by the way, Tywin went in there and said, yeah, you can wear the jewels. And then he made her, and and she wore nothing but the jewels, and he walked, and he had her whipped through the streets of Castle Lock to Lannisport. Then he put her on a fucking boat. Damn. He said, if you ever come back here, you're fucking dead. She's lucky to get out alive. She was, actually. That was actually a more merciful thing that he did. He was not to be fucked with. He was he was running the family's business when he was 16. He's doing that. He he killed the fucking range when he was 18. I mean, it, it just the ruthless motherfucker, man, from go. And built the Lannister family back into what they were. That's why his big thing was always legacy, family, all these things. Because his father had almost ruined their family by being weak and not standing up and not flexing their muscle. And he and he he wanted the Lannisters to be the kings, the, the new dynasty of Westeros. And he had succeeded. They just self-destructed. So mm. yeah, it was what a crazy show. And I love it, dude. Books and and Charles Dance is the perfect guy to play that fucking guy. He from the from go where he's skinning that fucking deer. Yeah. And he's just <clears throat> And he and I knew he was going to get it. Like I knew Charles Dance knew who he was. I'm like, that's going to be brilliant. I can't wait to see this. And he delivered from go. Like he's just like asking me. He's just like, don't you? Uh, doesn't it make you upset? They call you a Kingslayer behind your back and all that stuff. He's of course it does. He's like, and that was a test. He's like, it shouldn't. It's like the lion does not concern himself with the opinion of the sheep. You know, yeah. I've, I've hate, I hate to see how many asshole Instagram influencers use that now. Fuck off. You don't even understand the fucking context. You know, it's like, but anyway, yeah, they've um, introduced him. Haven't they? Who? Tywin. Oh yeah. By now. Yeah. He's, he's season. He's, he's two. Back, he's, he's in, in season two. He's in the kingdom. Now he's the hand. So Tyrion did a great job as hand. He tried. He, no, he really did a good job. He saved the fucking city. Yeah. He he fought off the uh, yeah. He fought off fucking Stannis. Land, who was Stannis was, and I thought the, the that guy portrays him very well. Um, yeah, very stoic. He's Kinda more dumb. Well, no, he's not dumb. He's actually very smart. And he's fallen for the red lady with just wonderful tits. Oh yes, yeah, she's great. Carice Van Houten is that. I loved it whenever she queefed out the ghost. It's fucking nuts. She queefed out a goddamn. <laughs> she queefed a demon, out the, a shadow demon. She fucking queefed out the fucking mind flare. Yeah, basically that's what it fucking was. Um, I thought he portrayed him well. Uh, that scene, though, I got to be honest. If I watch the show through again, I will not watch the scene with his daughter again. I will fast forward through it. I can't do it. Yeah, I just can't rough. do it. Yeah, I haven't got screaming yet. for her father like that. It hurts. Things like that. I'm just like, you know, and he just stands there, and then. 
She was so sweet trying to teach uh, Sir Davos how to read. And I think they're going to do that in the book, too. I think that's coming because they're alluding to it. And now, oh. and I knew that was going to happen. Like, I'm like, it's like that red woman's going to burn her. That's what's going to happen. Cause she's so got- that was after I, th- I thought that happened like in season three. No, the show it's late later it's, than it's that? late. Okay. He gets snowed in like he, he can't move. He's going to fight up North and she thinks she says to break the snow. We need to burn somebody with King's blood. Who has King's blood? Your daughter. Why not burn? No, there's nobody else to burn, really. Well, Rinley's already because uh, Rinley sucked. Kill him. Well, he's already dead. If though, you notice at that point, if you notice, um, she did. All of her things came true. All the red ladies things came true. Just not in quite the way she thought they were going to. She said it herself. I can read the flames, but they cast different shadows and it's, you know, different realities. And I don't know. I think I know how things are going to go out, but I'm reading them and sometimes I'm wrong. She was right. She took the blood off of um, when she got the leeches on um, Gendry. He has King's blood. I forgot about it. And she threw those leeches in the fire. She, he said, the usurper, Rob Stark, the usurper, um, Renly Baratheon, the usurper, you know, all those people died that he threw the, the Joffrey, all those people died. So technically the magic worked and, you know, you can say, well, that's coincidence all you want, but it is, but that's a hell of a fucking coincidence. A, a, a king dying at his fucking wedding feast. That's big shit. That I mean that that took a lot of. I'm almost to the red wedding. The purple wedding is what that's called. The red wedding. Oh God, it's bad. It's so hard to watch. And you got the drummer from Coldplay up there in the balcony playing his drum. Yeah, who it is? Yeah. <laughs> I like. Uh, they have all kinds of because uh, Mastodon lo- was in that. By the time the third season rolled around, they started putting people that really loved the show in it, mm-hmm. just because they'd be like, "Hey, is there any way I could just get a walk on on this?" Because be like, "Sure, I'm be part of the history." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mastodon was in it. Yeah, they the probably Bay played Bay. some warriors. I think they, they were did. in. They were in the Wildlings. Yeah, they were Wildling warriors. Yeah. Um, Mastodon's like cool. Like I like some of their shit. That video. I- that I always show, um, it's got the, it's a metal, it starts out with the regular heavy metal imagery, which is like medieval stuff, and then you just see the, the, the girls twerking everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's the one. That's fucking awesome. That's the one Aaron always showed <laughs> yeah, me. It's like, great. This is awesome. Like, it is. It's a fucking cool song, too. Yeah, and at the end, they have the one with the giant ass and her fucking. <laughs> um, that was basically what our favorite things just now. Yeah, we just I mean, talked about Game of Thrones show, for yeah. an hour, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Anything you really want to talk about? Um, well, other favorite things I got, uh, there's this, uh, I knew I, I, I made a deal that I was going to talk about this when I, when I started reading the book, there's a science fiction uh, series called ring world by Larry Nevin. It's a classic sci-fi series. It's written in 1970. So it's really 1970. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to predict. He wasn't very good predict, predicting the technology they were going to. That's one thing I can say for Ted Williams and Dan Simmons. They were fucking, they nailed it. Like they, you know, other than cell phones, which neither one of them got. Um, yeah, Star Trek got that though, pretty much. They did, but they didn't, but both of them had technology that was better than cell phones. So it's like it pro- progressed beyond that. You know what I mean? Um, other than that, they were, Dan Simmons especially, he predicted Facebook. Hmm. It's called the all thing and everybody's on it. So 
He predicted it. It's fucking nuts, dude. When you get when you read the Hyperion Cantos, all the shit he predicted is eerie and it's kind of scary, actually. Tad Williams, when he was doing the Otherland series, the shit he predicted, uh, he predicted Netflix. Hmm. He predicted Netflix, like, and called it a net flick. That's what they called it. N-E-T-F-L-I-C-K. It's fucking awesome. Um, but anyway, this guy had them using tapes, like tapes at a, at a, and we're talking hundreds of years in the future. We're talking a contemporary of Dune, basically. And they were listening to tapes at this party where some of the characters are like, man, didn't you see Laserdisc at least starting to come along at this time? Couldn't you have gone with something like that? You know, um, I don't know. It was, uh, it was very, it's good. I like it. Um, it's very odd. Um, it's a lot of fun. Also picked up a copy of Dune because I'm going to take another shot at reading all of those. <laughs> so I got the first book and man, I mean, it's a slog. You, you get past the first two. You're like, man, I hope all these fuckers die. I hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and they all do except Duncan Idaho. He lives for 35,000 years, essentially. That's Momoa. J- Mo- Jason Momoa's character. That movie, um, <clears throat> you could tell that movie they shot in a real place. We haven't discussed that either about all the things I was thinking about Dune. About it was almost too good to appreciate at the time. Then I went back and watched it again, and I've watched it a couple times the past couple weeks. And I sat there the other day, and I said, this might be the greatest science fiction movie ever made. You know, it's up there. It's really mm-hmm. up there. And it's just the beginning. Like, Dune Part 2 is going to be twice as good as that, because that's when all the shit happens. That's yeah, what, this first one was just an appetizer. I like the fact that they didn't, and he knew what he was doing, they didn't show the Fremen really fighting the Sardaukar at this point. They showed a few Fremen coming up through the sand that were outnumbered, and you know, then it didn't really show it because they didn't want to show how much the fucking Fremen mopped up somebody that started a car and didn't have very many people. They're really going to show that like, you know, the Fremen just fucking dealing with the start car and, um, just laying a beat down on. Them. Yeah. And the start car again in the book, it's one of my favorite parts of the book is that the start car never lose. They never fucking lose. They never even come close to losing really, well, at least in a fair fight. You know what I mean? And they're like shocked by what the front, the Fremen have done to them. And the Fremen are such good fighters that they, they were like one to three like for every one they lost, they killed three Sardaukar, and then they were talking about how good the Sardaukar fought. <laughs> <laughs> they, do you see how good they fought? It's almost condescending. Some tough yeah. bastards. <laughs> like those guys are tough. We like, kicked the shit out of them, but they're still tough. <laughs> it's like uh, the Sardaukar, kind of like Nate Diaz. They never really lose. They just run out of time. Well, they never run into. Uh, they've run into quality opponents. But they've never run into somebody. That's a whole. We could do a whole show on that. The fact that the history of Seleucus Secundus is purposely kept an awful place to live because it creates conditions for the Sardaukar. They have never run into another group of people who live in at least as awful conditions and probably worse. So, because Arrakis is awful. So, all these people are going to be fighting each other over water, over land, you know, trying to survive the giant sandworms and all that shit. They are a crack warrior group because they have to be. And this, and the crazy part about it is I read, I've read and watched videos about the timeline. They're descended from one group of people. All of them are descended from one group of people who came from earth and they went to these different places. Um, 
they were called Zen. Uh, it was a it was a combination of Islam and Zen, like Zen stuff, and it was really really cool. Um, but yeah, I I, I just can't. I, I I dipped hard in the fucking Dune world, started watching all these videos, and like, man, I got to read these because this shit's brilliant. So you've already read at least some of it. Sure, you? I've read the first three books and then i got into the fourth one i just couldn't do it i'm just like i fucking hate these people paul's sister i fucking despise her she's unlikable she's so fucking unlikable and it's on purpose like even his mom gets to eventually be unlikable it's kind of weird hmm. i mean and she's not a villain or anything but they have to work within that fucking framework so much that they can't be close or loving anymore it's bad. Paul gets injured. He gets his eyes burned with this atomic thing and makes him blind. So he, but it, with his prescience, he can still see. But he leaves and goes into the deep desert and dies, or is supposed to die as a Fremen should, you know, finding a worm. The worm's going to eat him. But he comes back and he, and he becomes this prophet who starts preaching against the very thing he helped cre- to create. Hmm. It's a, it's dude. It's a, it is a total deconstruction of the hero myth. People think that it's a heroic story. It is not. It is a, like the first three are, or like his hero's journey. The, exactly. Cause he wanted to build the traditional thing and then he wanted to tear it down because he wanted to pull, pull the curtain back and be like, okay, you think this is a good thing, but this is a cult of personality and this is where this goes and they show it and it does not end well. So there's even peace for a thousand years or however long it is. It's an enforced dystopian peace because this guy becomes the God emperor. His son, Leto the second becomes a sandworm. So he becomes essentially immortal. I don't know how they're going to pull that off. They probably won't do that. If they do, they'll be in a show, you know, they're not going to do a movie on that because you can't. I mean, I'm wondering if they're going to expand that universe to do series on HBO. I think that they've talked about that. And I think that you could do a whole show on the rise of the start car and all that stuff and, and show where all these things went. You could do the future of it where you had the, uh, the greater Madres who are this group of Benny Jesuit who go, there's this thing called the scattering where all the humans get thrown out into the fucking universe. Cause the God emperor, the, the, the empire collapses and the Benny Jesuit get pushed out. I mean, it's just this huge, massive timeline. And it's so awesome and interesting, but it's so big mm-hmm. and, and it's so, then they start bringing in, you know, the different, uh, groups that are so hard d- to deal with, like the, to, to see the things on screen that they do. I've told you about the fucking Benny Tlalaxu and the fact that the women in their, in their society are are machines. They are birthing machines. Oh yeah. You don't it's, it's just a living, it's a living machine womb. And that's all they do. That's a terrible thing, like monstrous. And they and the, and then you have all these weird societies that they go down this path. But we're applying our morality to those things in the future. And you know it would be hard to watch. You know, also with all the you know wokesters, quote unquote, that would never fly. They would never allow them to make that. I think we're coming to the end of that. I, I mean, think I think it's for a long time. I think it's wavering. Like it's wavering. I've thought that I, for a long time. But ironically, I think the Lord of the Rings is going to have a big hand in that. Like, yeah, once we'll that collapse sucks. Like they give that the dwarf. Is it a dwarf? The black lady with mm-hmm. a beard. Like they're claiming her as the first uh, female dwarf, and then 
Like no, there's lots of them. Yeah, you could like whenever they're fleeing something, you could see all kinds of female dwarves. There's one. There's one. There's one. There's yeah. One. They have beards. Yeah, they're not. They're not taking into account that dwarven women don't look like that. They look like dwarven men. Yeah, they just have maybe a lighter beard and or more feminine. You know. Yeah, it's a strange thing. I mean, I wish. I, they're pouring a bunch of money into it, and I don't even want it to fail. I just know it's going. to. I don't want. Yeah, I want it to be good, but I just can't see any possibility. And I'm not even like a Tolkien. I can probably watch it and enjoy it. And I'm sure I could watch it okay and enjoy it. it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as a Tolkien fan, and knows what this what this is, and know that it is an active and and admitted by the director an active deconstruction of what Tolkien built. Like, wait a second, wait a second. You are now saying that you want to destroy something that this man worked his life to build this world that everybody loved that spawned all this stuff, including the thing you're making, and it, you're saying you're going to tear it, it influenced down. almost. Everything you see now, Dungeons and Dragons, fucking every bit of fantasy out there, um, which in turn influences Stranger Things. You know, mm-hmm. you can't get away from Tolkien. It is impossible to overstate his his fucking influence on all of fiction. So, and then they said they're actively trying to destroy it. I'm like, guys, there are lots of good fantasies that are based in other cultures. Why don't you build one of those and make something Just great? make your own. I know you can, and it's not not necessarily make your own necessarily. Yes, it is. But I'm saying more like, um, it's more representative if you take something that somebody else has built in, into an, in another world and and make it as they would want to see it made. Like, there's a, there's a great African-based fantasy. Red Wolf something. I can't remember the name of it. It's... I've read a bit of it. It's great. I still haven't finished it because I've got all this backlog of books I want to read, but it's on the pile and I'm going to read it. That would make a tremendous show and a tremendous movie and stuff like that. There's also a theoretical history of America where um, Carthage beat Rome and then then in turn, white people had become enslaved and black people came over here having enslaved white people to build America. It's an, by this guy, Stephen Barnes. It's great. It's called Lion's Blood make that that would be awesome that's a great book and it has a sequel i haven't read yet and i and i loved it it's the different interplays and how they influenced they brought african cultures over here and how they dealt with the native American stuff like that like the the zulu came and they were on the great plains they brought zebras with them so you had zebras on the great plains it's a fucking tremendous dude it was so good what this is is an attempt bezos wanted to make a big epic thing mm-hmm and he wanted it. He didn't want to have to build it from the ground up. So he slapped a Lord of the Rings label on it. Mm-hmm. And then he let people just do their own thing. Yeah. And I, it, it, to me, that's, and I'm not even a big Tolkien guy, but to me, that's like putting a Beatles song in a commercial. That's not what I agree. They would intend to do. And Tolkien, I don't know if he would have been a racist or whatever. I mean, that that's beyond. It's the, possible. But it's possible he would have been. Uh, British racism is a different kind of thing. I, I even I don't I don't even think. I don't even think he would have been. I really don't because he would have fought with uh, troops of color in World War One, and seen that all these people are going through these different things. I do think that. Had had it been asked and given an honest answer and be like, what do you think about? Uh, Elves of color, dwarves of color. He's like, no, they're based on Nordic tradition. That's that's just doesn't fit. You can't make that fit. You know, I think he would have been very polite and kind about it. And be like, I understand that you want to, you know, 
people, different people represented. That's a normal thing, but you can't take something and then force something in it. That's, it's just not going to work. It's not going to fit. So yes, build a fantasy based on, you know, there's a, there's this guy who wrote this Chinese based fantasy. That's great. I want to start reading. There are all different kinds of fantasy worlds where you can get what you want and you don't have to tear something down to do it. You can just build something that's great to begin with. Yeah. So, and you can make your own, right? If you're any good, you know. Yeah, I just don't like. Uh, I don't understand the reason to openly say you're going to destroy something. Yeah, that's that's the, been around for a hundred years that everybody loves. Right. That's the part that bothered me. Not even trying to be. Politic, politic about her, not trying to be, you know, kind about it. Be like, there's a way to say that if this is what you want to do. Well, we don't feel like the original thing was inclusive when we wanted to. We build. want to expand the world. Blah, blah, sure, blah, and we blah. want to engage more fans. That's a noble, a noble ideal. If you want all fantasy fans to be included and all that stuff, and it is when you really think about it, it is not representative because all fantasies from the beginning are based on Tolkien. So therefore, what are they going to be based on? Nordic, you know, white people tradition. That's what it's based on. It's not going to be inclusive. And that's not, that's not, I won't, don't want to say it's fair. It's not fair. It isn't fair. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's hard to get away from that too, because that's what people think of when they think of fantasy. They think of people with British accents. Right. So, Swords and uh, magic. A, a, a black kid or, or even an Asian kid, even though there's a lot of Asian flavor that's thrown in fantasy too, um, are going to feel like, yeah, this doesn't have characters that look like me and stuff like that. I understand that. That would not be a good feeling. I get that. How do I f- you think I feel when I watch football and basketball? You know? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> it's been 30 years since Larry Bird laced up. Come I on. Know. Bad back. Um, I'm a back. <laughs> he's laying on his belly. He's so good, though. He's such a good player. But um, so I understand wanting to help that person who wants to feel included. I would really like that for them. But I think they should do that by building a new thing like Jordan, like somebody like Jordan Peele does. Yeah. You know, build build your new thing that is undeniable, as Bill Burr says. Don't be you know, I'm the best kind of this thing. Build your own thing where other people want to get on what you have. You can do that. You can make awesome shit. And I would really like to see that. I mean, Jordan Peele's two. I haven't seen the third one yet, but the I heard two movies not, I've seen are great. It's not getting great reviews. They said it's his first miss. So I don't hmm. know. Um, I think that, um, I think that he would be, he's a nerd. So I think that he would be the one to approach about like the Red Wolf, uh, the African-based fantasy. Like, hey, man, we have all these fantasies that are based in European tradition. Let's build something that is this that's based on African tradition that's going to be awesome. Like uh, Black Panther is a great example. That's a comic book movie for people of color. And it does great. It's arguably, I don't think even arguably the best Marvel movie. I think it is the best Marvel movie. I, the second one is probably going to be even better. Well, the best Marvel movie that is an Endgame or Infinity War is what I should say. Or Captain America, First so first Avenger. Uh, yes. That's tough. That's a tough <laughs> one. That's a tough call. I'm a 1940s fan, so I'm going to love stuff from the 1940s. And fucking Winter Soldier is uh, 
is fucking great. Um, but I, I just wish they would, you know, see these things and be like, hey, we, we have all this stuff to draw from that'll be original, that's something never seen before. Something that we can really just put a stamp on and be like, hey, this is where this direction is going. Then you turn on the next generation of fans who now have something to base on and write on, therefore it propagates itself. I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing. What they're doing is pandering. And people don't trying like, to make money. And people don't like pandering. They don't. They really the don't. The people you're going to pander to don't like it. And the people that are already your core audience for a Tolkien thing yeah. aren't going to like it. Exactly. And it's also kind of insulting in its way because it's saying, um, well, we don't trust you to accept that this fantasy world is this way, that you're going to be insulted. You know what I mean? See what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. It's it's a tough question, man. And I see both sides of the issue that that fans that fantasy fans from another background would want to see people like them in their things. Sure. That's, you know, a given. There was a uh, <clears throat> few years back, I think it was Marvel introduced some new comic characters and their names, they were non-binary, trans, blah, blah, blah all this stuff. And their names were Snowflake and uh, sta- Safe Space. And it was real. And they put out these comics with them and they announced it on Twitter and Twitter was like, hey, that's great, blah, blah, blah. And nobody blah. bought it. And nobody bought it. Right. Everybody's doing everything for the social media points, but then when it, when the fucking rubber hits the road, the people that you're pandering to don't care. Yeah, they just, they just want you to do it, but they're not going to support it. They want to feel better about that without having to support that. Yeah. Um, I don't think that it's a controversial opinion to think that there should be new ideas in fantasy that include people. You know. I mean, we're getting ready to see uh, in uh, Game of Thrones, Black Targaryens. Exactly. That shouldn't exist. That is skill say. That's skillful. They're going to do it well. And it's going to be awesome. That is skillfully done. It's it's put in there. These people are from the Summer Isles. They're from a different place. It is told as human migration and human interaction would be. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. You can't just throw some stuff out there and then expect people to accept it. Even though it's fantasy, it has to work with some real world parameters. That's why I'm creating a fantasy world for myself. The fantasy world I created... Um, the white people had been enslaved. They were brought to this place that was, you know, you know, it was a, a, not probably a terribly original idea, but I thought I told it pretty well. And I, I was wanting to do that. I was just like, that was really my point. I was like, I have seen so much fantasy from this European point of view. What if we told it from a Japanese type point of view? What if we told it from a native American point of view from both North and South America that would have, you know, characters and cultures like that. What if we would include a, a, you know, an African type place where we would have a nation like Carthage and we would have, you know, uh, these black generals and stuff like that are fighting these wars and all this stuff. It's, it was, it's a noble, great idea. And I wish somebody would go down that path. Somebody who's a better writer than me. So, you know, I would like to read that. I, I was writing it because I wanted to see that. That's the only reason I was really writing. <laughs> I was like, I want to see this. So I guess I'm going to have to write it, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been good. Yeah. It's not we didn't bad. think we we're going to do, uh, do very good. We I were both kind of lethargic. Show. Yeah. Kind of lethargic. Get us talking about Game of Thrones and the Beatles. We'll fucking knock your socks off. Absolutely. Um, anything else? Yeah, I think that's it. All right. I'm going to find the theme song. If I can possibly find it, where the fuck are you? There it is. Thanks for listening and go fuck yourselves.